You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Thanks for tuning in for this conversation with the one and only Trina Altman. Trina is the creator of Yoga Deconstructed and Pilates Deconstructed, which take an interdisciplinary approach to foster an embodied understanding of yoga and Pilates and their relationship to modern movement science. Trina is known for her vibrant social media presence and her ability to innovate creative movement exercises with purpose and intention. Her work has been published in Yoga Journal, Yoga International, and Pilates Style. Her book, Yoga Deconstructed, Transitioning from Rehabilitation Back into the Yoga Studio, is slated to be published by Handspring Publishing in December 2019. This interview is a little less nuts and bolts than some of the rest of my episodes. Instead, Trina paints a picture of an evolution in the safety of yoga that is ultimately deeply respectful of the yoga tradition. Through self-exploration, authenticity, and innovation, she imagines each yoga teacher following their passion and their purpose as the key to evolving this practice that we love so much. Let's get started. Trina, welcome to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. I'm really happy to have you, and I think it's worth mentioning that at this point, you've probably done more podcasts than I have, so I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I've done the easy part, which is just talking, and then the, the difficult part, which is all the, the techie stuff and putting it together and, and all of that, so you're ahead of me in that department. <laughs> well, full disclosure, I, I have help with it. So I... I would love to start by just checking in with you because I know you have so many different things going on and so many irons in the fire. And I'm curious, what is most exciting right now in your world? Well, I just got back from teaching at a festival last weekend called Momentum Fest. And it was in Broomfield, Colorado, which is right outside Boulder. And it was the first one ever. And the woman who put it together is a physical therapist and a Pilates instructor. And she had gone to a couple yoga festivals when she lived in Hawaii, she was in Denver, and thought to herself, like, why doesn't this exist in the Pilates world? And so she and her husband, like, put the whole thing together. And there were 250 people there. And what was incredible to me is that the shift that I'm seeing in the yoga world is also happening in the Pilates world because it was uh, mostly Pilates teachers that were there, but the offerings were, you know, six movement classes a day. Um, and some of them were Pilates, but a lot of them were, you know, Pilates teachers teaching other types of movement. And so it was just, and, and the students that showed up um, were mostly teachers, Pilates teachers, but they were, just totally on board with anything and everything. And, and the way it works in the Pilates world is pretty similar in the yoga world <laughs> in the sense that, you know, there's lineages and there's tribes and there's, you know, a lot of things about who's right and who's wrong. And it, I've taught at quite a few festivals and conferences and attended a lot as well. 
And I've never been to one like the one last weekend or taught at one where everybody was, uh, you know, just kind of happy to be there. And uh, there was none of the little uh, sort of cattiness or competitiveness or it was it was just really incredible. So I'm kind of coming off a high of that and, and really inspired. That sounds really uplifting. It, it kind of brings me, like, it reminds me of teacher training. A lot of times teacher trainings are like that because people are mostly starting out at, at this kind of baseline of, of just being really open to what, what teacher training is like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, the basic teacher training as opposed to maybe a more advanced teacher training. There's a lot yeah. Of and then what was shocking is that all of the people there were like very, very seasoned teachers that were teaching and attending. So yeah, it was wonderful. Like, you know, having a Pilates teacher colleague teach a lot of Kundalini, you know, exercises and how they're related to being a Pilates professional and another Pilates teacher teaching a lot of things based on, you know, Pierre Levine somatic experiencing and contact improv and how that can relate to how we help our Pilates clients. And, and then, you know, there was a classical Pilates you know, teacher teaching that and making it fun, which usually, you know, <laughs> classicals uh, can be a little bit stiff and serious. So yeah, it was, it was really wonderful to see the seasoned teachers um, show up, not for continuing ed, but just to um, like make friends and move and enjoy. So it sounds like there was a lot of kind of cross-pollination. Would, would you say that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were, you know, friends that I talked to that were like, well, I don't know if I'm going to go like, I can't handle, you know, taking six Pilates classes a day, like I'll die. And, and I thought, you know, oh, there we go. Like, there's that old paradigm. And it's like, you know, it's not six Pilates classes a day. (laughs) There are, you know, all different types of classes. And you're going to be doing all different types of movement. It just so happens that the teachers teaching them happen to be Pilates teachers, you know. And that is so, so cool, Trina. Yeah, that sounds like a, a a super super enjoyable, awesome experience. And I I imagine that she'll probably end up doing really well if her first time was so like you know what I mean like in future years will probably end up being a big thing yeah yeah she's definitely gonna do it again but yeah I I was just thinking you know I'd love to see something like that in the yoga community I mean there are are tons of yoga festivals and um and, and conferences but to you know maybe have one that didn't have the word yoga in the title I think that was nice that she called it momentum fest and and even though say it's primarily yoga teachers teaching or attending that um, it's uh, more of a variety of movement practices because I see that happening in social media and so I don't see why it couldn't happen in real life Um, yeah so very very inspiring and exciting to see something like that yeah now I know that you have so many things going on yourself but it sounds like that you know would be right up your alley that's a bit what you're known for, right? Is that is, is bridging those gaps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, learn how to move like a human, not necessarily like a, a yoga poser or weightlifter or a Pilates exerciser. I mean, all of those things are wonderful and I do them all. Um, yeah. In the end, 
sort of what's what's the big picture of what's really important <laughs> and I would say like just you know feeling good and not being in pain um, and moving right. moving in all the ways but especially the the human ways like the things we have to do as as humans um, on a day-to-day basis and this this does actually tie into our topic for today with you know keeping our students safe because that's one of the one of the things that you recommend based on our you know we had a some prior conversations, you recommend cross-training and that's one of the big messages that you have for people. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that when people show up to a yoga class, for the most part, especially um, the demographic that I'm teaching, which is is not, say, you know, all 20-somethings, that people are showing up just because they want to feel better, be less depressed, <laughs> be less anxious, uh, you know, have less pain in their body, less tension, um, and have some downtime. And while I absolutely love, you know, the yoga poses and, you know, they're, they're all fine and dandy and fun and just and Thor Pilates exercises, I think, you know, the bigger picture is, is more of the other. And we know that based on the questions we get from our students after class. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't really get people coming up to me after class. I'm sure there are a lot of yoga teachers that do, but that are like, I really want to understand and learn how to do a better, you know, Hanumanasana or a better, you know, arm balance. Like, that's just not the demographic I'm teaching. They're usually, you know, are, are like, how, you know, how can I not have lower back spasms when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> Those are the more the kind of questions <laughs> that I get. And so um, I think if we're able to discover if, if that is also your demographic, that can maybe free you up to just teach things that you think are helpful, which may be poses and may not be poses. Right. And that kind of takes us into the scope of what is yoga really? Like, is it the poses right. or is it, you know, I mean, there's, I think we could, that's, that's maybe a little bit of a rabbit hole we could dive into, but I was, I just finished this book, um, about the history of yoga in America. Maybe not. It's specifically about this guy called the great Um. Have you, have you heard of him? I don't think so. Okay. So this was in the twenties and thirties. He was the first American yoga guru, Pierre Arnold Bernard. Oh yeah. I don't know much about him, but I feel like I I read a blip or something maybe somewhere. Yeah. So he had, he was a kid from Iowa who met a tantric yogi in somewhere in Nebraska. Like he had moved to Nebraska, met a tantric yogi and apprenticed with him for 18 years. And so there was, it was a very comp, like his teach. he ended up uh, creating a big ashram in Nyack, New York. And so he, like he, he had a very comprehensive approach to yoga and he was really into not necessarily asana, but physical culture, mm-hmm. like all physical culture. Mm-hmm. So for him, it was, you know, like he did teach the poses, he taught pranayama, he taught philosophy, all of that, but he, he didn't, he wasn't, you know, obsessed with the poses specifically, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Well, there are so many forms of yoga that aren't, you know, the Kundalini doesn't really have specific poses. It has more Kriyas. 
um, yeah, restorative yoga is very much, you know, like let's create a shape and then support ourselves in it with pillows and blankets. So, yeah, I think the um, all that matters is what your students want out of yoga. So if they see yoga as all poses and, and you don't, there's plenty of teachers that, you know, yoga is all poses. Um, or if they see yoga as only meditation and pranayama, then there are teachers for that. Uh, it's just such a broad yoga, I think is so broad that it's nice. You can teach what you enjoy teaching and feel passionate about um, because there's always going to be another teacher out there teaching a different, say, limb of yoga or aspect of yoga that they're passionate about. That's so true. And I, what I love, though, is the way that the like the history of yoga supports the evolution of yoga. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what makes it different from a religion. I mean, you know, religions usually, I mean, they, they, I guess, sometimes grow and evolve and change, but, you know, there's usually one manual and one book with all the rules in it. <laughs> and it seems like with yoga, there isn't one manual or one book with all the rules in it. There's a lot of different books. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, right. Yeah. There's a lot of them. So let's let's kind of back up slightly and talk about your personal experience with injury and how yeah. you kind of started into this area. Yeah. Um, well, growing up, I did. I was very active. Loved the jungle gym and did lots of gymnastics and then competitive cheerleading, which just meant more tumbling and gymnastics <laughs> and pyramids and stuff like that. Uh, and so when I first started taking yoga classes, um, it felt really familiar and comfortable because they were the shapes I had done growing up um, in gymnastics and in, you know, acrobatics and tumbling, but, you know, less intense and more adult appropriate. So yeah, that was kind of, you know, I guess, my entree into it. And then when I did my 200 hour teacher training and also just, you know, the classes I was taking around that time was about 10 years ago, but even, you know, before that a little bit in my twenties, uh, the primary focus of yoga, um, at least that I was exposed to was all about, you know, the poses, the shapes, making those shapes along with, you know, breathing, down regulation, Shavasana, I studied a lot of Ayurveda in my teacher training, but what was missing was we were doing all of this movement or, or not really even movement, but like posing, <laughs> um, moving from a pose to a pose. Uh, but the sort of basic tenets of exercise science and kinesiology weren't introduced. And so there was a, a major conflict between you know, what you would get, say, if you took a, like a basic phys ed course and what you would get, say, in a 200-hour yoga teacher training. And the difference being that in the yoga teacher training, you know, it's emphasized that you do your practice every day. All you need is, is your practice. Whereas in other systems where you're doing a lot of movement, that wouldn't be the case. You would uh, You would learn about you know, the idea of cross-training and repetitive stress injuries and balancing, you know, cardiovascular elements with, you know, flexibility and strength and speed and agility and, and all these other 
sort of aspects of, of just being a, a human that move. So yeah, that's kind of <laughs> where, you know, everybody landed, I think, and, and people landed there at different places and different times um, with their injuries based on either an adequate information, not getting the information or, or knowing the information, but sort of denying it because of uh, the environment in which a lot of us were in. And I think that there's a little bit of a sea change happening, uh, though, and mm. I know it's not happening across the board, but I like to think that yoga teacher trainings are more and more offering and going to continue offering those, those principles of exercise science, include those in the teacher training. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, yoga is such a new industry. I mean, I'll call it what it is. It's an industry. Um, and so, you know, when people like teacher trainings, you know, aren't even that, uh, you know, they're a pretty new phenomenon in the sense of like when, when teacher, when people even could think of being a yoga teacher as a career. So the teachers of those very first teacher trainings, um, you know, are now old enough to sort of see the ramifications, I guess, of, um, of some of the things that were happening. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think it's just a cycle like anything else. Uh, you know, I used to work in fashion design. You know, everything has a, a trend cycle and it's generally about 20 years. So every 20 years, um, you know, we, we learn new things. I mean, we learn it sooner than that. But that's usually, uh, I'd say, a common benchmark of when, like, the big, big changes happen because it's, it's long enough for uh, folks to be able to see the forest from the trees, a little more big picture of what, what's happening. That's good because it sounds like we're about due then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> the time is right. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, and it's the same thing in the Pilates world. You know, the the um, the lawsuit that happened in the year 2000 when um, the word Pilates was allowed to be used. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's the same thing in that industry. So. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. I think it's very exciting to see that a lot of changes that many people have been working for for a long time are, are now finally happening more in more than in just little tiny circles. Yeah, for sure. So my audience is yoga teachers, and a lot of them may have gone through those trainings where there wasn't, you know, and and, and a whole other topic that we won't even get into right now is the lack of consistency in teacher trainings and the lack of regulation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so just yeah. for our purposes, yeah. we know that most, most of us went through these teacher trainings with not so much exercise science, not so much of that information. What, you know, what are some things to help them? Because, you know, sometimes at the same time as that this is all really exciting, it can also be really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So how, how can, how can yoga teachers kind of cut through the noise and do their best to serve their students? I think it all starts with serving yourself. So, you know, you, when you're teaching something that's about the body, 
you you have to experience it yourself before you can teach it to others. So you have to be a student of whatever the thing is that you would like to teach. So, you know, if you learn things in your teacher training and then you practice them and suddenly those things aren't serving you anymore, I think before you, you know, you have to figure out what to do instead yourself before you can change what you tell your students to do instead. And that can look like a million different things. So, you know, um, for me, it looked like I had always wanted to do Pilates, but just couldn't afford it. And I ended up teaching at a studio that had both yoga and Pilates. So, you know, I got to take reformer classes when there was an open spot. And then there happened to be um, a teacher training 45 minutes away. And the woman who owned the studio, you know, needed coverage for maternity leave and said, why don't you take the training? And then that's how I ended up getting my first sort of batch of kinesiology and exercise science and, and all of that. But it doesn't need to look like my path. Um, it could look like a completely different path, that, you know, based on what your passion was. Like my passion was for a very long time, you know, I saw that Pilates equipment and was like, this looks like the jungle gym when I was in grade school. I want to play on it. And I was just trying, you know, so I, when I saw, oh, there's a studio that has yoga and Pilates, I want to teach yoga there. Um, I think trusting your intuition of, of what lights you up and then going towards that uh, as opposed to saying like, oh, I need to learn this out of fear or, um, you know, it's like a burden kind of thing that it's not really going to be um, as fruitful. I love that. That's such wise advice. Go towards what interests you, go towards your passion and experiment on yourself and do your best. Yeah, yeah. Look around you and and see what other people are doing that's giving them joy and helping them be healthy in their body and then try it. You know, I mean, it could be anything at all. And that might lead you to an understanding of a better understanding of your own body that then will, of course, help you teach your students. That's awesome. And for the, for the yoga teachers who are kind of lit up and interested by this exercise science stuff, can you share with us just a few really basic tenets of exercise science that are important to you? Yeah. You know, I would say more than tenants, I would say take private lessons. So again, going back to like you can't embody the said principle or a progressive overload principle without actually having done it. <laughs> you know, you can read about it till the cows come home, but um, I think when it comes to the body, it's really important that you experience it. So, you know, if you're having an issue in your body, you know, or an injury, and you love yoga, then maybe take some private yoga lessons, or you know, you realize that like you're really flexy bendy um but you can't do the arm balances like go take some personal training sessions and and you'll get a like a first hand i guess i'm very much of um i like to learn one on one and in a very practical way i mean don't get me wrong i i like to do the academic thing but i think the practical needs to come first so you know, I teach, you know, I've taught trainings for the last 
uh, gosh, five or six years. And again and again, I get teachers who come and, you know, I'm teaching them the, the academic stuff and the words and the lingo and the tenets, but it actually doesn't mean anything if they can't have a direct experience of it in their body in a one-on-one situation, um, which might be physical therapy. So I would say that the biggest issue I come up against with students is not that there's a lack of, you know, I mean, you can Google as many basic exercise principles as you want. You know, you can go to your local community college. There's like endless continuing ed courses you can take, but none of it is going to help you until you first understand how your own body works. And you can't understand fully how your body works by only doing one type of movement modality in a group class situation. Got it. So privates, you know, the cool thing about that advice is that that's actually going back to that conversation about the tradition of yoga, how, mm-hmm. how yoga was taught in the past. That's actually traditional. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, you should go to a person, if you're going to take yoga privates to, to take them from somebody who's trained in other movement modalities. I mean, you know, I'm talking about the body now, um, but uh, yeah, because otherwise, uh, and that's, that's the truth for any movement modality, um, you know, to, to be a sort of wise consumer and know that uh, if you go to a Pilates teacher for privates, you're going to learn stability. And if you go to a, a yoga teacher for privates, you'll probably learn flexibility. And if you go to a, um, you know, weight, a uh, personal trainer for weightlifting, you'll learn um, strength. And if you go, you know, to a massage therapist, you know, you'll get stretched. And that we don't need just one thing, we need all of it. And just keeping that in mind, because I think that that's another big issue I come across um, when I'm teaching trainings and continuing ed is that people say, well, I did the thing that my person told me to do and it's not working. Um, and so uh, I would highly recommend physical therapy, physical therapy um, because that modality, I mean, of course there's good and bad of everything, but is based on helping you to help yourself and not to need them anymore, as opposed to some of the others that are all about you coming to them for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. So you recommend privates and cross-training and cross-training privates, basically. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's important, you know, if when I get the question over and over again of like, how can I keep my students safe? Or, you know, it's like, well, first, how can you keep yourself safe? And so, you know, maybe just doing a couple sessions with a personal trainer will teach you enough that, you know, you'll be good to go. Or, Um, Maybe, you know, doing, going to physical therapy for a few times will be enough. I think it's different for everybody. You know, I mean, to the the total honest answer to it is like, you know, I I went to physical therapy for two years and I, you know, (laughs) would show up, pay out of pocket and bring my big stack of books and notes and questions a lot of times. And, and that was the session because I had taken all these continuing ed courses in the yoga world and Um, was getting conflicting answers and I wanted to know, you know, what they thought. So yeah, there's, there's no, there's no quick way, (laughs) you know, um, uh, you know, that was on top of, you know, taking private 
Pilates and gyrotonic lessons for seven years and, you know, endless continuing ed. And I think, um, you know, rather than getting overwhelmed, you just say like, what's the thing I want to do right now and learn right now? And you just start there. And because everybody learns in different ways, I think it's important. I think we tend to overemphasize sometimes, you know, the continuing ed things that are in big groups. I mean, I, I think they're wonderful. I teach them, but I, I do think that it's important to to learn in a one-on-one setting as well. And you know, I'm biased. Like I only have my own experience, and and you know, a lot of how I learned was when I finish when you finish your Pilates training. You know, you're teaching, you know, six, seven privates a day, four to five days a week and you're in a studio filled with other teachers who are doing the same thing so you have a client that late cancels and you can kind of observe someone else teaching their client so it's um it's pretty you know immersion heavy as far as you know watching at least in my scenario it was you know studios that all had people who were you know like post pt or in pt working back to you know, say like a group class. And uh, so that was a really, you know, helpful way for me to learn about the body that didn't involve, you know, memorizing any sort of terms or principles. <laughs> yeah. And that story speaks to, you know, the importance of teaching privates in addition to just taking them, how valuable that is. I know that yes. I've, we've spoken about that before also. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't really learn about people's bodies, in my opinion, teaching group classes. Um, A group class is more about, you know, creating a movement experience for a group of people and just giving lots of options, knowing that everyone's different. Whereas in a private, you give lots of options, but there's dialogue back and forth. You know, you're only looking at one person, you know, they come to you and you've already read their four page intake form of what's been going on in their body for the, you know, the last however, 10, 20 years. So, yeah, it's just a completely different scenario. And yeah, you can't really learn, I don't think, how bodies move until you start working with bodies individually. So true. And I, you know, a lot of times our yoga teacher trainings are, they're kind of geared towards teaching group classes. There's not a ton of emphasis on teaching private. So it's great to have that message, like, especially for, you know, yoga teachers out there who are maybe wondering how to balance out their schedule, how to make their schedule work for them. Consider offering privates, consider how to share with your current students that you do that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, the wonderful thing about yoga is it's really endless what aspects of it you want to teach because, you know, there are brilliant, successful yoga teachers who don't ever teach privates. They like teaching classes and workshops or trainings. So I think, yeah, if you, if your focus is more, you know, on what I do, which is, you know, sort of body-based and anatomy and kinesiology and all that stuff, exercise science, then I would say, yes, you would definitely want to take privates and teach privates. But, but yeah, that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the path for everybody. It's a good, good experiment to do though, either way, I think, you know, just because yeah. sometimes we don't know what we're good at and what we love until we try it. Uh, yeah, definitely. 
Well, Trina, is there anything else that you want to share right now on this topic or really on anything before we wrap up? No, no. I, I mean, nothing that's like off the top of my head. And if people are intrigued and want to hear more, I know you have a, a book coming out soon. So maybe you want to share about that a little bit or how, how can people find you? How can they get to know more about you and what you offer? Uh, yeah, my website is the best place to start. Um, it's just my name, trinaaltman.com. And then all of my social media links are there. I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook as well, but primarily Instagram. And uh, I have tons of free offerings. So webinars. Um, I have two colleagues of mine. We run uh, something that's called Movement Logic, which is, if you're interested in teaching privates, a very, you know, an excellent way to get started learning how to work with students who have injuries. And then I teach all over the world. So um, I teach workshops based on the book that I'm writing for Handspring Publishing, and it's called Yoga Deconstructed, uh, Bridging the Gap Between the Classroom, the Rehab Space in the Classroom. And and then I, I teach Pilates as well. And so, um, you know, you can find me live or online. Um, all of my online courses and classes are on my website um, under an, an, a, a tab. So I have Pilates Deconstructed online courses, Yoga Deconstructed online courses, um, and then lots of other just group classes and specialty um, workshops. And do we have a release date for your book yet? Uh, December of 2019. Awesome. So yeah. exciting. Congratulations. That's such a huge project. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it so is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if yeah, that's when the manuscript is due or that's the publishing date. It's all a process, but yeah, it's of course. coming along little yeah. by little. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely look forward to digging into that when that is available. And I want I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your vis vision and your wisdom with my listeners. Know that they'll appreciate it also. Well, thanks so much for having me. I So the audio cut off slightly early for that, but you guys didn't miss anything. It was just our final goodbyes. I want to thank Trina for sharing her vision with us. It's a really inspiring one, and I hope it inspired you. The action that I would love for you to take this week, if you're up for it, is to schedule a private yoga session it, or a private session of some movement modality, maybe even bonus points if it's not yoga. Or if you've never had a private yoga session, that would be awesome also. Just a little heads up, if finances are your block here, you could do a trade. You could do a barter. And, and that might be with another yoga teacher or it might be with a, a movement person who would be interested in trying a private yoga session. And as a, let's say a bonus, consider offering some private yoga sessions. Consider mentioning it to your class um, maybe weaving it into class at some point. I learned this from Trina in a prior conversation, but she suggests that you can, in a moment where you're teaching something that you know you would do a little bit differently in a private setting, you would just mention that. You would say, and in a, if we were doing a private right now, we would do this. 
And that kind of plants the seed with your students in a really natural way and also builds some desire like, oh, what would that be like? I would get something special out of that. So that's my invitation for this week. And once you're done, please come to the private Facebook page and share how either or both of those things went. If you're not a member yet, you can easily become a member just by going to teachingyoga.net. I'm sorry, it's a private Facebook group. So go to teachingyoga.net, click the Join Our Community tab, and there'll be a link right to it to request membership. That's it for this week. I hope you'll come back and join me again next week. Until then, remember to make time for your personal practice to do whatever it is that nourishes you and even just spend some time in quiet. Hope you have an amazing week.